I know Brad and Matt and everybody was on this show. John Johnson, Brent uh, Coxworthy, Johnny Mack, all these guys, man, they're going to bring it. I had kids at that age, around age four and five, they were strong enough to do handstand push-ups and we had kids doing flips and I just, I was creating athletes, but then I was also teaching them, of course, the basics. I'm very driven. It's who I am. And, and I take pride in it, as I said, you know, when I tell people I am the real deal, that's that's what I mean. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 32 of the Good People, Bad Intentions podcast. My name is Matthew Pine, and today as our guest, we have Kyle, the real deal McNeil. Now, if you've been a listener to this podcast for a while, you know that this isn't the first time that Kyle's been on. In fact, it's been the third time now. And the last time we spoke was July 16th, and that was at the Fists of Fury at the Halifax Forum. This was an event that Kyle had promoted himself as well as headlined and headlined successfully as he won a unanimous decision against Alberto Bautista. And now there's been some time since that event, and I would love to talk to him because he has an upcoming event against the ropes. This is going to be November 5th. And I want to talk to him about that and kind of see what he's learned from promoting now that he's starting a series of events with the Real Deal Promotions. So without further ado, guys, here's Kyle. Hey, uh, thank you for coming on, Kyle. I really appreciate it. We had you on not too long ago when we were doing the interviews for your last card and really appreciative for you to come back on. Yeah, yeah, no worries, man. Happy to be on, Matt. Um, you know, always always glad to support local and local supports me back. So, you know, uh, great to be on and love to chat about the upcoming event. Yeah, so um, it wasn't too long ago where you had your first event. Um, we kind of talked in the moment after you had won your fight, how your what your feelings were and, and everything that led up. But now that you've had some time, have you been able to kind of reflect on your first event and then going into the second event against the ropes, November 5th. Have you been able to kind of reflect on, on things you did well and things you didn't do well in in the, the first event? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I took it on head on. You know, I just I went at it hard. And, uh, you know, it was just uh, flat out from get-go from day one. Took on all the jobs. I did all the matchmaking. I, I put all the pieces in order. You know, I was very... I was very adamant to get as much experience as I could throughout the whole situation. I mean, delegation is key when you're trying to put on an event. So I had a strong team behind me with Real Deal Promotions. But at the end of the day, I tried to take on as many jobs as I could to wear as many hats as I could because, you know me, I like to go balls to the wall, go big or go home. And uh, we did well with the event. You know, there was CFL weekend, Jazz Fest, and Gay Pride weekend. And we still drew quite a bit of people and we did well at the forum and so i'm very excited for the the lighthouse art center november 5th saturday we have a stack show with local canadian talent you know local champions myself brandon brewer brandon osborne brett beaton you know simo uh simo debog from from tribal we have all kinds of fighters from across canada and pei and i'm just very excited and great. and let's just dive right into it because you got uh, your opponent Teddy Reno. He's uh, right. he's got a lot of experience. I I watched some of the this tape that's on YouTube. Yeah. He uh, he was yeah. in the amateurs in the, in the year 1999, so he's been around in the boxing game for for quite some time. I'm sure he's you probably have similar stats as far as uh, length of time in in the game compared to uh, with absolutely. You. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I met Teddy years ago when I was just a teenager and he was actually a pro then. 
Okay. And I had just got kind of getting myself ready to go pro. So he's he's been around, and uh, he's a middleweight. I mean, most people don't realize, but you know, I'm not even really a big welterweight. Call it what it is. So I have intentions on moving down to 140 in the near future. But at the end of the day, for this show, I'm going to go up to 155, throw some hands with the big boys, have a lot of fun doing it, and uh, I'm ready to kick ass and take some names. And, Close and, with a bang. and you mentioned that he was a middleweight, and I do realize that um, your co-main event with Brandon Brewer, um, he actually had fought uh, Brandon in the past. He, he, he lost by he unanimous decision. I believe that was in yeah. 2014. Um, and I know, I know, sorry. It was a really good fight. Yes, it was. So were you, were you able to spectate or were you able to see the tape on that, on that fight or? Uh, yeah, yeah. I checked it out. I checked it out. I mean, um, I, I want to say I was there, but it's, it's been a while. <laughs> I, I feel like I wasn't, I was supposed to be, and then something happened, but I do recall the fight. I do, I do recall seeing some of the footage and, and like I said, I'm familiar with Teddy. And uh, I love that it's going to be a lot of Canadians fighting a lot of other Canadians. Um, whereas the last show, we had quite a few Mexican fighters come down who they came down, they put on, and it was a great show, like I said. But it's onward and upward for this big show. And this is going to be the biggest boxing event that's come in many years. So I'm very excited. And and one thing I want to really congratulate on you is we talked about this from the first episode we had where you are talking about wanting to put on your own promotion, Real Deal Promotions, is you wanted to have kind of a series of events so that the the boxing scene had a multitude of events for a year. And so far, you've really been delivering on that promise because it's not been that long since you've um, had your first event and now you're going on with the second one. Um, yeah, I climbed, I climbed out of the ring and I just went right back to work. Yeah. Um, do you feel like because because of these last few years, like things been shut down, have you felt like there's been this need in the boxing world for there to be a multitude of events and, and trying to keep things like, like do the pros when you're, when you're making these match, these matches, are they, they eager to compete and they're wanting to compete as much as possible? Yeah, there's definitely a deficit in pro professional boxing events here in Nova Scotia, especially. I mean, the Maritimes in Nova Scotia doesn't have that many pro boxing promoters, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's some amateur boxing shows around, but uh, pro boxing has been a bit of a lull, especially since COVID. So um, this has been a lifelong goal of mine. This has been a childhood dream of mine. Um, I was able to bucket list some stuff with that last show at the forum. But at the end of the day, this is going to be my real, you know, passion, you know, bringing classy, high caliber boxing events to Halifax, you know, wholesome, family friendly events that everybody can enjoy. And that's what my real goal is. And, and of course, I'm going to grab some championship belts along the way and kick ass and do well because, well, I work hard and the proof is in the pudding, as they say. So November 5th, I want people to get those tickets. It's going to be worth it. And I want to say, so your the first event, it was at the Forum, a staple yeah. within the, the boxing community as far as events are held. The Lighthouse, um, can you talk a little bit about that venue for anybody that's not familiar with, with the Lighthouse and, and ultimately what swayed you to, to go with them for this event? Well, the Lighthouse Arts Arena, as many don't, many might know and some don't, is the old World Trade and Convention Center. Mm -hmm. So it is now private-owned and it has been completely renovated. They've recently uh, they've done some concerts there and 
it's just it's just such a beautiful venue it's it's got the classy lights on the cages it's got you know they got lasers and smoke machines and just the whole shebang skybox up there for the camera angles it's just going to be terrific we're going to have professional cameras professional cameramen okay. i'm trying to work on some special guests right now expect to see some some of canada's best in the crowd you know i'm going to name drop a couple of people you know ryan rizicki castillo clay okay. probably see some some pretty awesome guys local who are going to be there to enjoy the show ringside it's it's going to be a terrific event i mean if, if you're in the neighborhood you've got to stop in and I love I love how you're bringing up name dropping somebody like Brian Rizicki because uh, you know Brandon Osborne somebody we both know he's gonna be yeah. fighting in the Bridgerweight division a, a division That's right, that a new division yes a division that uh, Ryan had fought against Oscar Rivas for the inaugural title That's um, That's yeah so it'd be interesting to you know see see that division continue and start to have fights. And that's um, the exciting thing too, right? Because you got a lot of guys that are very close in uh, weight class, and um, as I said, it's a very local, all Canadian show. You know, um, I'm very excited. Um, and and again, it's about building the scene. It's about building the local fighters. It's not just about myself, right? And so that's that's what I really love about what I'm doing. And I'm able to bring out a lot of local businesses and help them network and meet other people. And that's what it's all about here. We're all trying to grow. And so, you know, it's going to be really good. So looking at your opponent, Teddy, we already discussed that he's a middleweight. Uh, uh-huh. but he and, he and you're kind of taking, there's a little bit of a weight, weight disparity maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, when, when you look at his, his opponent, he kind of has a lot of similar goals to you. I mean, he's got, he's got, uh, I, I was looking him up. He's got this 10th Street uh, gym in Calgary that he's a part right. of. And he does. Uh, he trains his own clients, and 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 you know does a lot of similar things with you. Do you do you kind of? Can you describe your history with him? Do you guys have a mutual friendship or respect about each other? Or yeah, I mean, we're 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 professionals at the end of the day, yes. right? I mean, we don't. I wouldn't say anything like. You know, we, we're familiar with each other. Yeah. I, I'm, I know the same people he knows. Yep. Um, my current team that I train with knows who he is and they're aware of him. And I believe they've even worked with him a bit in the past for just Stevens and Jim Maloney. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a mutual respect for sure. There's no, no bad blood between us, but uh, just the same, it's going to be, it's going to be wartime come fight night. So I'm very excited. And I'm excited too. And, and kind of a segue, I see you're, I see you're not in your usual location. Are you, no. are you, you on the grid right now? I'm on the grid right now. I'm not at my homestead out in the middle of the woods. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually uh, down near my sister's place, just uh, just up the driveway from my gym. Normally, I'd be down at my gym right now, but the yep. reception wasn't great, so I came up here. I really appreciate it, by the way. Um, yeah, no worries. What no I was... worries. I'm, uh, I'm just up the driveway, actually, in, in, in the house uh, trying to find a charger. <laughs> keeping, keeping things current. Um... You know, obviously, hurricanes coming. Fiona, yep. you know, Fiona Shrek, right? I, I don't know if there's yeah, any coincidence yeah, yeah, yeah. there, but I've seen some memes yeah. about that. But uh, yeah. you know, we we've talked from every, every time we've talked on here. I always try to promote, you know, your lifestyle. I think you have a very unique lifestyle, the off-grid uh, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. When you see these people scrambling, you know, the the, the thought about <laughs> there's going to be no power for two days, three days. <laughs> And you kind of live a lifestyle where 
that's probably one of the last things that you're thinking about. I mean, what is it like yeah. from your perspective, you know, looking out on, on kind of the chaos that goes on when these storms happen? The only thing we're thinking about is uh, making sure we got enough water. I mean, we have so much food at the homestead. It's unreal. Um, me and my fiance, Colleen Pace, have giggles every once in a while when we see stuff like this happen because it just doesn't affect us. We've got solar panels and solar power, solar lights, and uh, everything is very, very off the grid. So, I mean, we just don't have the same concerns as other people. I mean, um, we live a very different lifestyle. It's a 200-year-old homestead we've renovated the last five years. Um, she's done all the hard work. I've just done the heavy lifting. And, I mean, when we go in and out of the woods, we do it on foot unless we have our truck, which is currently in the shop because it usually always is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a different way of life, but uh, I wouldn't have it any other way, man. I love it. Yeah, and, and I can tell just from talking to you, I mean, you're, you're very much about the lifestyle. You know, you, mm-hmm. you ha- your values are a lot different than a lot of other people. You've you got a very wholesome, you're a very kind person. And I and that's one thing I love I love about you, Kyle. And I think that's why people can gravitate and go towards and and support you in these fights. And as your promotion grows, people are supporting you with your promotion. Um, so so yeah, you're you're kind of you're you're not like the rest of the folk that are that are kind of going crazy. You're you kind of you you kind of been here, you know you. Yeah, yeah, we came into town to do a workout, and then we're gonna head back in. That's pretty much. That's our storm prep. <laughs> yeah, because I was like thinking to myself, I was like, can I get him on Friday? Because like everybody else is like, you know, because I was just in school and they're like, yeah, like, okay, we're going to go early so you can go home and stuff. And yeah. and uh, I, I'm planning a steam probably during the storm. I got a, I got a sauna steam tent that really, you know, it's really cool. Yeah, it's 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 like one, I got it from Russia after my first yeah. after December, the fight in December at the Scotiabank Center. I, mm-hmm. I kind of bought it as kind of a gift for myself and my fiance and. You know, we, we do sauna steams on the regular, I believe, very much in, you know, hot, cold therapy. We do cold dips. We wash in the river. We do, like I said, we do things very different. Um, but I am a very avid believer in the benefits of cold therapy. Yes. I mean, uh, you know, staying upwards of two minutes is just terrific for your cardiovascular health. And so, you know, I love cold dips. And, of course, who doesn't love a sauna steam when you can have it on hand? So yeah, that's pretty much all we plan. What's your what's your advice like for somebody like me or somebody that's listening if they wanted to to get into cold therapy because I know it's something that's becoming more and more popular. Um, yeah, because the health benefits. Yes. How how would you get I, into? I would it? recommend start small. Start small. Start small. So you know, a couple of minutes in the shower. You know, maybe work one body part in, then another body part, and then all of a sudden you're fully emerged in freezing cold water, and from there you just kind of build it up over time. And then have you do you use that in combination with your your sauna to have like a cold and a hot like cycle or do you do those in different yeah, I go down to the, I go down to the creek year round and I, I wash at the creek like I'll get off from boxing I might not get back till nine o'clock at night nine thirty at night because I'm actually ninety minutes away from tribal boxing oh wow. because we're thirty minutes from my gym which is in the West Chesapeake area so yep. we're thirty minutes Clam Harbor to there fifteen minutes to get out of the woods which makes forty five minutes total. So it's like a mile of, mile plus into the woods, get out of the woods, then go 30 minutes to my gym. That's my gym, my business, Real Deal Fitness, you know. Yes, so represent. And then, that's right. And then it's it's even further to go into town, to tribal. So by the time I get back most nights, um, yeah, I'm washing outside and then I'm going up to the house. But you just become so accustomed to it. I can do it all winter. I can do it all year. And 
you know, sometimes I'm a baby about it, but most of the time I'm pretty good. My fiance, on the other hand, Colleen, she's just, she's rock solid. She don't care. It doesn't even bother at all. You know, I'm just she's used to it. I'm just wondering when you're when you're spending that much time driving and stuff, do you allow do you allow yourself to think about you know your upcoming fight? Um, do do you kind of like because sometimes people will drive in silence and they're kind of just left to themselves and their thoughts. Um, constantly working, constantly, constantly working. working, constantly working. Whether on my media advertising, talking to other fighters, making sure they have their medicals done. Uh, matchmaking, uh, making phone calls, trying to get a hold of CBC, Herald, just some some of the things I've been doing lately, trying to get a hold of more 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 news, um, setting things up with you, of course, because Thank obviously you. I want to get as many podcasts out as I can, multiple local. I love what you're doing. Thank you. I've been following you since the get go, and I'm I'm not going anywhere. So yeah, man, I'm just happy to be a part of anything and everything I can that's going to help our communities grow, man. That's what I'm about real deal and that's where about what we're about too and and i really thank you again for giving me the first opportunity to you know go to event do some interviews um it was kind of funny i recognized some of the commission there because of uh when i was at the valentine's day massacre way back um yeah yeah, it was a good show and uh you know i recognized the people like hey like can i go into the locker room to uh you know interview (laughs) some people and stuff like that and and uh and 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 by the way, like I said, um, what what a great event! I mean, uh, I I really had a good time talking with Butterbean because uh, you know he was somebody I looked up to getting into boxing. Big, I'm a kind of a bigger guy, so you know the fact that yeah. he was able to have a lot of success and you know he'll be down again. He'll be okay. down again sometime in the near okay. future for sure. Good to know. Eric's a great dude. Yeah, no, definitely. And and yeah. I was I was able to connect with him and talk about Andy Ruiz and. You know, it was really cool to 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 know that this guy has has um, really inspired a lot of people, but even like current heavyweight champions and stuff. So it was it was cool to to have that conversation. Um, I'm familiar with with some of the the undercard. I'm, I'm familiar with uh, Matt McIntyre. Um, do you do you have any insights on his fight with uh, Johnny Mac? Uh, a little bit of a bad blood between those two. They okay. they were supposed to fight uh, a little while back. Uh, I don't want to call it bad blood, but there's yeah. a little bit of a yeah. It was a nice friendly rivalry, we'll say. Okay. Um, they were supposed to fight a couple years back, and there was some news coverage on Johnny Mac because many don't know, but he's you know one of the very first men that kind of came forward and was like, I'm an openly gay man and I'm a professional boxer, and that mm-hmm. was pretty big here in Halifax because yep. they never really that's not been around. So they yes. did some articles on him and. He's a super nice guy, you know. I've 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 actually, you know, met him and talked with him, and I know that his his uh the man he's fighting, Matt, he's definitely going to come ready to fight. Yes. Um, he trains with uh, Brett Beaton down at Beaton's Fitness, um, possibly even the chief, right? Yes. And uh, they all kind of help each other prepare. So I know Brett and Matt and everybody was on this show: John Johnson, Brett uh, Coxworthy. Johnny Mac, all these guys, man, they're going to bring it. So uh, I'm expecting an exciting undercard. I feel like I did a really good job matchmaking because I've been in this game over 20-plus years. I've been in this game since I was 9 years old. I'm 30 now, so um, I'm very excited. And I, and I know that um, with both Daniel Beaupre and Brett Beaton, they still have opponents to be, uh, to be announced, but do you think in the future they're ever going to have that rematch because of the fact that you know, they both had those 14-second fights. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely see that coming in sometime in the future. But you know, onward and upward with what's going yes. on at the moment. But that is something to definitely look forward to in the future. I can't see that not happening. And but, uh, and I'm really excited to see down to specifics and timing. But. True, really excited to see Simone back. Uh, I've never, yeah. I, I know you've, you've had more Big experience boy. training with Simone. I've never seen him. Um, like he, he's fought before. I think it's been a yeah. while since he has, has had a pro fight. Um, he used to fight back in the day with, uh, Robert Tapper, my, my yes. former coach, Bobby Tapper. Yes. But one thing about yeah. him that, that can't be understated is how much of an athlete he is. I mean, he's always he's in first, great, yeah. terrific shape, big guy, like lots yeah. of power. Um, I'm really excited to see, you know, what it's comes out. Yeah. Um, yeah. can we talk? I, I've a actually done some work with Simo years ago. Yes. Um, he hired me as a strength and conditioning coach when he first started off with Bobby Tapper. So oh, we really? did some work. Yeah. I used to get him out in the ball field at Cole Harbor place and we had some grueling workouts and, uh, he's, he's just a terrific athlete. So he's great, great part of the team with tribal and we're just done really well with him. And I I'm excited to see him get back in the ring. God, this is this is an interesting segue because I saw um, Brett Brett Beaton was doing some training uh, at Cole Harbor yep. Place. Cole Harbor Place is like a a staple as far as the the region for a gym. Can you talk yeah. about? And I think we've talked a little bit about this in one of the previous mm -hmm. interviews. But can you talk about maybe the the importance Cole Harbor Place has for a lot of the athletes in this area? Because do a lot of people yeah. get their yeah. starts there, or you know, do their conditioning there? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I started at Coahaber Place. I was actually, uh, uh, most people don't know this, but I, I taught preschool for a few years. Really? I did so, not yeah, know that. Yeah, I taught preschool for a few years. I was also security in the same building. Okay. And then I also taught, um, like, I also worked with some of the kids teaching them swimming lessons, mm -hmm. like, you know, ages three to five. And, um, and then I was also working in the babysitting room. So I was a man of many hats in that building. Mm -hmm. And then I was training every single day, like a madman in the gym, working on the saunas, working on the pools. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm a natural when it comes to meeting people and networking. So mm -hmm. I met a lot of people. I made a lot of friends and, and I've met some terrific people through that, that gym. It's, it's a very, it's a, it's, it's one of those gyms that's kind of, it caters to the smaller communities, you know, yes. Pool Harbor, Lawrencetown, all the people around that area. And, and they're just super nice people. So that's kind of been a good start for a lot of people. And it was one of my many jobs over the years. And I was building my business kind of long before I ever got in there. And then, of course, as I continued there. So when I branched off, my business, Real Deal Fitness, kind of eventually became my full-time job. And I'm now in a position where I feel very blessed, where, you know, I live off-grid. I have very little overhead. And uh, I do, I do, uh, I do all right. And so our I, work pays off. I got to ask, I did not expect uh, that you were a preschool teacher at one point. You, uh, yeah, almost three years, man. Do you have any experiences from there that, you know, any interesting stories? Oh, I yeah. mean, like, what was it, what was it like? Cause I, I could see you being a kindergarten teacher. You have a really happy demeanor about you and everything, but yeah, you know, I, that's not the first thing I thought. Like, I didn't expect that. Man, I had kids at five doing handstand push-ups. We had this whole thing that I added into the curriculum twice a day. We called Shake Out Your Sillies. Yeah. Just saying training seems a little bit too harsh. Yes. And uh, 10, 15 minutes a day, twice a day, we were doing workouts where I'd have them doing like leapfrog and push-up drills and different fun drills with the with the class. And I had kids at that age, around age four and five, they were strong enough to do handstand push-ups and we had kids doing flips. And I just, I was creating athletes, but then I was also teaching them, of course, the basics. It's a pre-preschool program, so it was a lot of fun. I had a blast. 
I learned a lot, and it was one of my many jobs dealing with youth. It was a lot of fun, man. I had them doing a lot of exercise and working on their basics to get them ready for school. Have you had any of these uh, these kids that you helped with? Um, have you been able to see them uh, go yeah. into some athletic pursuits, or you know, get back to you later on, and be like, hey, you know, you really helped me out with, you know, getting interested in fitness or, or you know, doing sports. I, I have actually. There's been a handful of kids that I I taught when they were you know four and five that have actually come back. This is years later now. I'm where my first location of Real Deal Fitness for several years was in Lawrencetown, and yep. now I'm in West Chesapeake. These kids have actually come back now, you know, age 10, 11, and I'm training them still to this day. Um, and they're hockey players, and they're you know really good young athletes. And I'm 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 their strength and conditioning coach, and I have them doing some boxing one on one. Um, I have a very integrated style of training at my gym where I kind of have a little bit of a, I build a program around my clients and then I put a bit of a real deal twist on it. It's a lot of fun. Do your, do your programs, you mentioned how you kind of vary them depending, but do they have the same kind of fundamentals or would you train certain athletes differently like a hockey player versus a boxer? Well, I mean, there's such things, obviously, when it comes to training protocols as sports-specific conditioning, and yep. and every every different athlete presents with them different challenges and different uh, needs. That, you know, so, I mean, you can't train, say, a bodybuilder the same way you would train a hockey athlete or a hockey athlete the same way you train a combat athlete. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's definitely, uh, like I said, similarities where I obviously base things around the compound movements that are really functional um, obviously, I believe strongly in body weight training and gymnastics basics. And uh, like I said, I like to kind of add a little bit of variety to my training programs. You know, we do things like rope climbing and, and a lot of the same training that I like to do for myself. Um, so uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, a lot of battle roping. And, and of course, again, sports-specific conditioning. So they love the boxing on top of all of this training, you know, uh, which makes it fun. Even if it's not directly related to their sport, the conditioning carries over well. And and is there any um, like when you when you start with somebody that that young and right. getting into sports and, and, and fitness and whatnot, um, do they have a lot easier of a time later later through life because of that foundation? Like, do you find that there's huge standouts? Um, you know, starting starting early. Yeah, I mean, you you hear it all the time. Start them young, and the reason why is because they develop good, solid fundamentals and healthy habits at a young age that carries over to their life. I mean, I've trained some of these kids, you know, they're four and five when they come to me. And a lot of these kids are like 11 and 12 now, and they're in better shape now at that age than I was when I was their age. And I was doing, you know, four and five hundred pushups a day, running every morning, doing all of this training, but I didn't know what I know now. Cause you know how that adage goes. If I knew then what I know now, right? Yes. So I have some terrific young athletes. I mean, they can do, human flags and handstand push-ups and they got like abdominal muscles and they're ripped and i'm like man i wasn't like that until i was about 15. <laughs> that's that's awesome kyle that you've been yeah. able to establish yourself and and get you know you know rapport and then getting these uh these kids to continue and, and be lifelong clients and and continue yep. with you that's that's amazing that's that's i think I what everybody's goal is yeah, I take pride in that. I love it. And and like I said, I'm all about supporting locals. So with a lot of these kids, that a lot of them come from the Eastern Shore. You know, I got, you know, 25-plus kids that come from the Oyster Pond Academy, for example, out, out towards 
my way. And a lot of these kids, like I said, I've trained them for years and years now. And so it's just a lot of fun. It's, it's a blast. It's great to watch them grow. And a lot of them, you know, they don't want to fight. They don't want to compete. And that's okay. They just love to train with Coach Kyle. They love to put in work. And, and, and you know, I've, I've, I've grown kind of on them and they've grown on me, so to speak. And, and I'm like that with a lot of my clients, you know, whether they're with me for a couple months or a few years or longer, um, I try to leave with them kind of almost a piece of what makes me me, right? Like I try and teach them some, some life lessons and, and some important things about themselves that they might not have otherwise got. It's not just about training, you know, when you come to my gym, it's, it's more than that. So I take pride in it, I do. One one thing I noticed from kind of watching your social media feed as of late is uh, you've been showing off some new equipment that you got, and <laughs> and I want to want to ask you because this is something I noticed and I really appreciate again about you is it seems like every now and then you're always investing in yourself and always in investing in equipment to become yep. stronger, and yep. and I know that not everybody in business has this mentality. It seems like you're always wanting to improve always yep. wanting to get better, always trying to find better methods, better techniques. Where do you attribute that to? I think it's just hunger. You know, all my life, I, I've, I've, tr I've been very driven. You know, I started at a young age. I started training when I was about six. I started boxing. Mm -hmm. I think I walked into the boxing gym, Twin Cities Boxing, when I was about nine. And, um, and I've just always had a, a real hunger for trying to learn. And, you know, you couple that with my high energy level and how fast my brain's always going. And I just have this constant need to try to improve, not only for myself, but those I work with and the people around me. So in, in regards to my gym and my business and, and all my other pursuits in life, I'm very, I'm very driven. And, and, and I attribute that to, you know, partially my upbringing, but I'd say mostly just it's who I am. And, and I take pride in it, as I said, you know, when I tell people I am the real deal, that's, that's what I mean. I wanted to bring this up because um, I had seen this and in, in watching the, some tape for your opponent and, and going back to just, just the card for one moment. Yeah. Um, I was watching some tape, uh, this is about 2014 or so, yeah. uh, where Teddy was uh, uh, going against Bayrang Yusefi. Uh, and what I noticed from it was round one, I was listening to the audio and I, I couldn't find on BoxRec to confirm this. Uh, but the the audience member was saying that the opponent, uh, Teddy, uh, had missed weight for that fight. Is that a concern going into this this fight that there might be uh, some some weight issues or issues making weight? I don't I, I seen that and I was I was interested if you if you saw that, too. Well, I mean, between me, you, and anybody listening. Yes. Um, you know, I don't walk around very big. Yes. Um, keep in mind, back in the day when it used to go down as low as featherweight and yep. even lighter than that, it was always difficult, even in my early 20s. But mm -hmm. now being seasoned and being in this game as long as I have been in this business and sport, I've, I've come to understand that, you know, I take pride in being a professional, and I, and I believe that he does as well. So I, I believe he's training hard and he will make the weight. But worst-case scenario, if he doesn't, and I, this has happened in the past, you know, my fourth pro fight, I fought a guy with, who had quite a few pounds on me. Um, I can always just go eat a steak. <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, so no, it's not a concern for me. Uh, at the okay. end of the day, um, fail to prepare, prepare to fail, and I always prepare. So you, so 
we 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 kind of reflect post fight uh with your last fight uh yeah. about going up moving up you've been feeling feeling powerful feeling strong yeah. um because you know previously you know you you had that fight against Tyson Cave you had to go down um you know you want it, you want that rematch at a higher oh, at yeah. a higher weight class i'd love to see it's that happen again it's gotta but happen. Like, it'll, be big, it'll probably be one of the biggest fights here right? yes yes i agree yeah. um it's but tiring. like now it seems like the the other thing is now when you're going up in weight you're you're going to be going against people that are way 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 bigger trying mm-hmm. to come down to a smaller weight class like yeah. how do you how can you compare like uh being the bigger guy in the smaller the smaller division to being maybe some of the one of the smaller guys in the bigger divisions like how does that how does that feel like um how do you size yourself up at this new weight class well i mean really and this is how it's always been you know in boxing they say uh a skilled big guy will more often than not be a skilled little guy (laughs) keep in mind there's always variables and you know at the end of the day, the variable in this instance is I'm going to win yes. and, uh, and I'm prepared and, uh, and I know he'll show up prepared and we're going to put on a hell of a show and it's going to be a good time. I'm confident and I'm ready and I'm sure he is too. So, you know, beyond that, in terms of fluctuating weight classes, it is very hard. It takes yeah. a lifestyle adjustment. It takes training adjustments it's it's just so much i mean to drop 33 some odd pounds which is what i had to do just to fight tyson cave keep in mind i came in a pound and a half lighter than that man and he's five four and i'm five seven i haven't been a featherweight since i was in my early 20s for a reason you know at the end of the day um it's very very demanding on your body and it and it can it can really wreak havoc on your health and on your mental health as well because as we know unfortunately in this in this beautiful yet savage sport people can die and dehydration and 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 depleting your body of all of its natural reason all of its resources can like i said wreak havoc so um there's a lot involved and so as as the situation i'm in right now i get to be in the driver's seat and I, yeah. I, I get to control my ship. This is my ship, and I'm steering it in the direction that I want to steer it in. And so uh, I'm very blessed to be in the situation I'm in, and I'm very happy. And so when I make a decision, I make sure I keep all my faculties in check. Do you see yourself um, as a pro, at least at this at this point, trying to find the fights that have the best opportunity and not really focusing too much on the weight class? Or do you want to... Um, kind of lock in at the at the the welterweight uh, divisions. Uh, again, it, timing is really key when it comes to being a fighter. I think you yep. could take the right fight just 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 at the wrong time, and it can completely change the outcome. Yes, you know, call it what it is. One punch can change any fight. So you know. In speaking in regards to that, I, I would say I'm trying to make calculated, smart decisions based off of yes. a few things. My health, because I believe health is wealth. My current lifestyle, um, and, and of course, business always being in mind. Because, um, yes. you know, fights got to be marketable, and you got to get better as you go. You know, as I like to say, um, you know, uh, we learn as we go, and we learn as we grow, Right. 
So uh, at the end of the day, I'm just trying to take take steps forward that are going to help me do those things. Um, and in terms of weight classes, I, I believe I, I, I'm, I'm going to do good uh, at 140. And I'm doing good at 146. And I intend to stay where I am for the time being. But in the new year, look for some exciting news. And, and uh, yeah, I'm going to do some big things. It's just uh, let's get through this show first. And and going like like you obviously we we've had our conversations about you know being in promotions but selling a lot of seats and now being the promoter and whatnot. <laughs> when you put that when you put that promoter hat on, right. and you're looking at match matchmaking and and other things like that, have you have you gained a new appreciation for the sport of boxing? Like, tell me like. Because I understand there's learning in boxing, learning techniques, learning how to be a better boxer. There's, Absolutely. Th but when it comes to the promotion game, like who are some people that you look up to? Who are some people that have kind of helped you get to, to where you are? <clears throat> well, I like to look at it like every single person that you meet in this lifetime can teach you a little something if you're willing to learn. You can always take lessons from every single interaction. I take lessons from talking with you every single time. I take lessons from talking with any random fighter I come across on any given day. I take lessons every time I go to my boxing gym and I work with, you know, Bridget and the team. Um, it's all just in your perspective. And I believe that, you know, in terms of the promotion, I, I'm just trying to stay true to who I am, really. Yes. Um, I, I, of course, I've, I've watched all the same stuff that all of us it, real boxing enthusiasts watch, you know, the Floyd Mayweathers of the world and anybody who's doing their own thing and running their own show. And, and yeah, you're going to take notes. You're going to say, if you're smart, you're going to take notes and you're going to go, oh, well, you know, I like what they did there. But at the end of the day, you got to kind of stay true to who you are, because if you try to be somebody else, you, the outcome might not be what you want it to be. So this time around and, and the way I do things, I get to take ownership of everything, whether it's good or bad. And uh, so far, so good. I love that, uh, that I like to, uh, saying that you could take ownership for the good and the bad, because that is so true. I mean, you know, the biggest successes now can be linked to you and then the biggest failures, you know, obviously. So it's like a lot of responsibility and Sorry. a lot to manage there, but I think you got it under control. I mean, I had so much time the first event. I've heard so much positive feedback. I remember, yeah. like, right when the fights came out, there was more people looking for you than, I don't know, like a taxi. Like, yeah. I everybody... kind of from everybody for a bit. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I ran the room. I ran the room. I didn't sit down, you know, but again, like, I didn't actually sit down from probably 4 a.m. that day because I was still meeting people, yes. helping people get their tickets. Like it was it was it was a lot of fun and it was great. But, you know, this time around, I'm trying to be a little bit more, yeah. let's say, conservative with my time. Yes. Um, and and so I, I was running around until, I don't know, two fights before the intermission. <laughs> yeah. And then I finally sat down in the penalty box and I enjoyed a couple of the fights. I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was a couple of the fights. I think it was Dan Buprey's fight, and then the uh, Laura Laura McPhee fought uh, Bonnie Hunter, and those were two really really entertaining fights. And um, and then I finally was like, okay, it's game time. <laughs> you know, went in the change room, and I was like, it's on. You know, and I just kind of I, I flicked off promoter mode, and I went into uh, that other mode, and uh, 
It was a lot of fun, and it was exactly what it was supposed to be. And um, I'm just excited to do it again. When you mention a broadcast team for this upcoming event, uh, any exciting. thought about pay-per-view or getting it on the on the streams, or is that something for the near future? Near future, absolutely. Near future. Near future. Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, I, I didn't want to like say it out loud, but yeah. I'm saying it now. Uh, I would. I fully intend on fighting for the World Professional Boxing Federation title okay. at 140, and I intend on fighting for some belts in the new year. Um, I would do it now, where I'm in a position to do it, but. I'm, I'm focused more on trying to get as many local fighters on. And like I said, it is about the local scene. It's not just about myself. So, yes. so that's, that's my, my, my intention, of course, in the near future. And then, yes, work towards maybe getting, a, getting it broadcasted on something like Fight TV or one of those, you know, maybe Fight Pass. I don't know, UFC Fight Pass. There's, there's a lot of different venues you can go with. It just all comes down to dollars and cents. And if it makes dollars, it makes sense. So... That will be something to look forward to in the future, right? Where, where this this venue is so beautiful, and they have such great, like great professionals working for them that'll be able to televise it. And we're just going to live stream it this time, though. It'll get out there to thousands. People will be awesome. able to enjoy it. It's going to be exciting. I'm going to have it on my YouTube channel. Um, you know, Real Deal Promotions, uh, CBTV, Canadian Boxing Television, and then I'm also going to be broadcasting on another channel. Um, which is like a UK TV boxing channel. It gets seen by about 40,000 some Smart. odd people. Smart. And we're going to get it out there, man. We're going to get it out there. We're going to just grow this beautiful thing that, that again, is, it's, it's, it's more than just me. It's more than just my company. It's about everybody. And that's, that's the, real, it's the real joy I have in this because when it's all underway, I get to kind of step back and I get to see all the families and the kids out there and the businessmen and women and the, and the friends and the followers and the boxers and I just kind of get to like breathe it in and take it in and be like, finally doing it. You know, I've been I've been dreaming about this my whole life. I've been working towards this my whole life, and so I'm just I'm just thrilled to do it again. Yeah, I'm kind of getting chills hearing you talking about it because I just love the kind of the the smart business sense the the instincts you have i mean i mean sharing this as a live stream and putting it out there on multiple platforms especially where i find that you know in britain and the uk like that boxing's big it's one of the official sports so i mean getting on landing on that scene i mean that that takes you places and and certainly they're going to be really excited if they can watch some boxing at least for the first event for free they're going to be like hey you know live stream or whatever um yeah. I'm just wondering, uh, lastly, before we kind of wrap this whole up, you know, mm -hmm. we've been talking a lot about being a promoter. Um, if there's an opportunity that comes your way where you'd have to fight on something, some other card, would you right. take it? Or is your intention for the rest of your career to be the promoter for your own fights? That's actually been a, that's an interesting question because it is something that's crossed my mind where there mm -hmm. is a, uh, there is a show looming. You know, I don't mm -hmm. want to put it out there just yet, but it's mm -hmm. looming in December. Yep. And there's always prom other really good promotion companies out there. You know, United, mm -hmm. United Promotions, uh, Three Lines Promotions, um, you know, Lee Baxter Promotions. These mm -hmm. are these are pretty big Canadian promotion companies, the, 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 the biggest in my book here mm -hmm. in Canada. And then, of course, we have the promotion companies in Montreal. I mean, you can't be bigger than that. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, my hat's in the ring now, you know, and, and I love being in the driver's seat. I yes. mean, that's why we work hard our whole career to, to hopefully one day maybe be in the situation that I'm in. So 
Um, for the foreseeable future, I would say I'm going to be on my shows, of course, and, and yes. trying to do the best I can to take care of all those I'm involved with and build my own roster and team. But I wouldn't be against, I wouldn't be against getting in there on another show if, uh, you know, comes down to it and the terms are right. I mean, like I said, if it makes dollars, it makes sense. And, and it's got to make sense too, not only financially, but otherwise. So, yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen some fighters talking about this particular thing and they, they realize that a lot of uh, promoters or uh, managers, more so managers for fighters, they can be on the, a little bit on the greedy side, right? Because, you know, you got somebody like you who can sell the fight by yourself. Right. I mean, I believe you can sell fights by yourself. I, um, I, yeah, absolutely. And then there's somebody that will want to take a portion of that. And you're like, whoa, wait a second. I'm the one that's selling the fight, right? And I, I think that's, from my, everything I read, that's kind of been your your past experience where you're like, you know, you, you understand your value and yeah. you want to be valued now as your own promoter. And, right. uh, it's right. just an interesting conundrum because it seems like sometimes there are some opportunities. There are some types of belts where they like to go to certain promotions to have their yeah. fights and we, nobody a, really talks about it in the air right now. There's a few things looming, but, uh, you know, you just take it one day at a yes. time. Yes. You know, I got, a, I got a mission right now. And I got to see it to completion, and that's what I'm doing. November 5th, Saturday, against the ropes. That is the place to be, Lighthouse Arts Center. Ticketferry.com, get those tickets, get those tables. It is going to be a packed house, and it is going to be an absolute blast. We're going to have some live music performances. We're going to have a killer show. It's just going to be a time. So come out. I'm definitely going to be there, guys, um, and I, I really want to appreciate you coming on, Kyle. Yeah. You know, sharing sharing uh, some insights into this upcoming card. I'm really looking forward to it. Of course, not only just for your promotion, but best of luck for your own preparation for this upcoming cool. fight. And I'm I'm really excited to see you know where this keeps going because it's it's been headed in a really great direction so far. The first event. So thanks so much, Matt. Man, like I said, buddy. Uh... You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too far away. We'll definitely be doing more, more interviews in the future. And there's going to be some pretty big, exciting news in the new year, but, uh, onward and upward and on to this next big show. Awesome there. Thank you so much, Kyle. All right. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the good people, bad intentions podcast. I certainly did. A couple takeaways was that, uh, I plan on going to this upcoming event so if anybody is there uh look out for me i'm going to try to do some interviews get some equipment for that and then uh kyle what a standout guy i always enjoy having him on the podcast if you notice watching him he was smiling and looking us dead center he was showing a lot of good signals about you know his confidence and his preparation for this upcoming match so i'm certainly looking forward to seeing that and just some other things about Kyle. I mean, when we're talking about living off-grid, I don't really understand too much about it. Um, but I understand that that's not an easy lifestyle. So uh, commenting on his worth at work ethic, I mean, nothing comes easy when you don't have uh, the modern conveniences that we have today. So I always enjoy having talks with him. Uh, as I believe he has a different perspective than most and it's really enjoyable hearing his insights on things and matters related to boxing or other things. So 
as always, guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast so far, uh, if you're listening to it on a podcast platform, uh, if you could subscribe to the podcast, that way when a new episode comes out, you won't miss it. Uh, leave a rating, an honest rating. And then if you're listening to it on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, as well as share. Subscribe if you'd like to not miss any new episodes. And until next time, guys, see ya.